Hello, listener. How's it going? COVID has made all of us weird (laughs) and has made it a little bit odd for us to remember, you know, who we are and stuff. I remember who I am, just my personality has changed. It's like certain areas of it have been compacted into this box and other parts have like flourished in a way. I just had some super awesome friends, a friend from high school and his wife. They're on their honeymoon. They're going down to Florida. By the time you listen to this, they'll have already gone to Florida and made it home. But they came to visit and spent the night and we had food. We shared food together. We played the game of life. And it was just a really sweet time. But I've noticed when I talk to people, I kind of, in a way, feel I'm laughing at myself a little bit. Because in different environments, I may be completely fine around people, but then one-on-one with certain people, or maybe just all people, I feel like, what's going on? Am I actually talking right now? I'm talking right now? This is weird. I'll give you a quick synopsis of the past, how long has it been, like 10 months, 9 months since our last episode, episode 54. I'm still in Atlanta, Georgia, United States, Earth, solar system, universe. Started doing background work on some TV shows and movies, and it's pretty cool. Meet a lot of people. Have you ever watched a movie or a TV show and actually noticed the people in the background? They're there for, like, ambiance. I've gotten to do some pretty cool things, thanks be to God. I've learned a lot. I'm learning a lot about the industry. I don't know if a lot of people. I haven't taken a poll, so I can't say a lot of people. I usually make general assumptions by saying, most people think this. I actually don't know if people think that. It feels like... There's a mixture of people who look down on background actors, background artists. I'm sure you've heard the term extra. Extras are usually treated differently than the cast and crew. I won't get into picking apart observing this phenomenon. I'm eternally, eternally grateful to have been given the opportunity to do the things I've gotten to do, meet the people I've gotten to meet, Uh, see the things I've gotten to see. But it's been really cool to be like, this is these people's jobs, and it's just, it's a job, you know. Uh, I took a trip to Colorado, California, Washington, Alaska, saw a bunch of family in Iowa, went to a couple weddings, went to my 10-year high school graduation Uh, Shout out to Lacey, because I told you that I would give you a shout out, and you told me to talk a little bit about what my high school graduation was like. Not my high school graduation. My high school, my 10-year high school reunion. Anyway, my 10-year high school reunion was, uh, well, it felt kind of like high school in that you got... You got the groups of people that hang out with each other, and like certain people who don't talk to each other... I got to catch up on life with people, but then certain people are like, Hey, how are you? What how, What have you been doing? Where do you live? Common questions. And uh, 
after recently having a conversation with my sister in that my life doesn't look like a lot of people, other people's lives. Like, you know, I don't have a nine to five job. I am employed, but my employment is I work sporadically throughout the day, six days a week. Sometimes seven. I try not to do the seventh one because I try to rest on Sundays because Sunday's the day I go to church and I just, you know, like to refresh my mind with church and Jesus and God and Holy Spirit and yada, yada, yada. Uh, anyway, high school graduation ceremony, 10-year celebration. There we go. It was really cool to see all those people. There was a guy at my five-year reunion who I made fun of in high school and I was a complete jerk to. And at the five-year reunion, he was like, dude, get away from me. Those aren't, he said it in a more like mean way. I didn't talk to him at the 10-year. I kind of should have, but I didn't. It's okay. I, I hope you're doing well out there. Yeah, I I heard a really cool story with my friend Sam. And it was just really sweet. We were talking about friendships and relationships. And I was part of one friend group when I initially went to this new high school in eastern Iowa. And I wanted to be with one group of people. And then things were going well. And then this is all like theoretical. I don't know the accuracy of like how true this is. But this is how it feels to me. Sure, obviously, I've been holding on to it, it sounds like, but, you know, whatever. But I can let it go, because I'm here, because this time is, like, for me to just let things go. And work through things, and find diamond mines, find, hopefully find diamonds in this diamond mind of my mind. Diamond mine of my mind. In high school, there I was part of this one friend group, and then I was kind of part of this other friend group, and then they overlapped just a little bit, and I was like, man... I like friend group number one. I don't want to be friend group with number two because they're weird. Uh, I'm comfortable a little bit in friend group number one. But something weird happened in friend group number one. I wanted to go to prom, or I did not want to go to prom with anyone. And this this one girl, a couple people, they wanted me to go to prom with her. And I'm like, no, I want to go to prom alone. I'm making that clear. And then very last minute, some guy's like, hey, you should go to prom with this other girl. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I'm like, facepalm, duh. And I was kind of like excommunicated from group number one in a way. And so Sam was like, (laughs) we liked you from the second you walked through the door. And then I ended up joining friend group number two. And I was like, man, I actually love these people a lot because they accept me for who I am. And... I'm sure you've ter- heard the term outcast. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of an outcast in a way, you know? Don't hate people. People are people, and they're going to act the way they want to act, even if they're not trying to be mean. That's just kind of how it works. But I still, I talked to a couple people just briefly from friend group number one. Not many people from friend group number two were there. A couple people were, and it was super awesome. And yeah, I'm just glad I went. My church had a softball league, and I played softball on a team for the first time, and I hit a home... Okay, I didn't hit a home run, but I hit the ball so far that I was able to run to second base, and it was really cool, and I learned a lot about patience and, like, listening to other people and trusting other people and stuff, and it was pretty cool. 
I got to mascot on one of the TV shows. I won't tell you what it is. Maybe later down the road I'll tell you what it is and put a link to the to the whatever, but it's not released yet, and I can't tell the world what it was. So I grew sweet corn. It didn't make it past, like, V3 or V4. There are stages of corn growth, and the typical saying is knee-high by 4th of July. So when you plant in the spring... <sighs> The idea is that they grow to a point where they're taller than your knee by the 4th of July, if you, like most people, plant in, like, March or April, or maybe even May. March might be a little too soon. I think mid-March is when you want to, like, all right, let's get going. But you can take your time. Mid-April, it depends on, like, when was the last frost. Corn's pretty cool. I've gotten a lot of plants... A lot of them died. A lot of them are still alive. Some of them are hanging on. So, yeah. And ultimately, I learned a lot with my plants, like Riley, and I'll talk about Riley in just a sec. My plants, plants have been very therapeutic in a way when they thrive, I thrive, and when they don't thrive, I don't thrive. Like my corn, I planted it under a giant tree. And you should not plant corn under a tree. I mean, you can, but it's just not going to grow because the roots of the tree are going to probably take all the nutrients away, which is why my corn didn't do so well. Plus, it didn't get a lot of sunlight because of the tree foliage above it. So the sunlight plus the lack of nutrients. Corn can probably withstand so many crazy things. Maybe not a meteor strike or lava because it would burn. So it made it to knee high, and then all of a sudden there was this, like, it was 105 degrees for, like, a week. Wow. But that's while I was out of the state, which was pretty cool. But I came back, and it was all dead. For the most part, it was dead. Had it had adequate sunlight and adequate nutrition and also not been overpopulated, it probably would have done a lot better. But that's okay, because I was like, I'll get them next year. Lastly, Riley, she's doing great. Well, she's it's currently, you know, winter, and she is dormant. I decided this year to cut her fronds right before, right, like, as they were curling up, like, and turning brown as she was receding underground. And I felt bad afterwards, so I was like, I think she'll be okay. But she probably went into a little bit of shock, but I cut off, like, 40 stems. So she was kicking butt. I cut them down, and now she's doing her dormancy sleeping thing and receding a little bit, but she'll be back. I pray she'll be back, because I think this year she turns three years old, as far as, you know, having her. I learned how to propagate a fern via spore, so June 10th, I propagated Riley via spore, and you know when a a, a a guy and a girl, all right, I'm going to say it. When a guy and a girl, they have sex, they are procreating. They are taking their chromosomes together and putting them together. And then they create a little, uh, you know, the sperm fertilizes the egg. And then over time, a baby grows, like nine months. So anyway, that being said, ferns are asexual. 
They are propagated via the wind. Uh, the spores, which are in the sporangia on the back of their leaves, get released when the plant dries up. You can also propagate them yourself by collecting the spores, which are in the sporangia, and you can sprinkle them over moss and not sprinkle them over moss, sprinkle them over dirt and in a controlled environment. doesn't have to be a controlled environment. You start growing moss, then they look like little cabbages, and then you get a little frond. So, if you are just joining this podcast as a personal and therapeutic tool I call a vocal diary, it's a space for me to process my thoughts, explore stories, and post them for those who might be interested, hopefully inspiring someone. I'm not doing this for any type of social gain or to be a better human. I'm not trying to be a better human. I'm just trying to process my stuff, uh, work on my mental health, uh, be in a better spot for myself, not be better than anyone else. Episodes 1 and 2 talk about who I am in depth, so give them a listen if you haven't. Every other episode is just, you know, a topic. Um, A quick disclosure that's going on tangents may or may not be involved. This show is conversationally true to how I speak. Check out EDC Crate. They've got cool colognes. Use coupon code GQT15%. If you're interested in buying anything, because you can get some money off. Yeah, who doesn't like money off? I should have done that before Christmas. But you can still get Christmas presents. You can still get birthday presents for people or yourself. My bottle is probably getting close to its last third of juice. So it's going to be time for me to get more. Um, Here we go. To when I want to buy a house. What is a house? What is a home? (laughs) My friend Tate from high school, him and I had this conversation one time. It was more of like a discussion, not an argument about what is a house versus what is a home. I don't remember what our final thing was, but obviously I live in a house. But where, where do you call home? I've been so transient, translucent, transparent, not transparent. I've moved a lot, so it's really hard to call someplace home. But, you know, people say home is where you make it. Home is, home is what you make it. Maybe? No? Home is where the heart is, where your heart is. So where's my heart? My heart is with Jesus, heaven, uh, <laughs> uh, eternity with the Lord Jesus. But that's not a house. Well, no. He does talk about his father's house. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? John 14, verses, John 14, verse 2. That is my ultimate dream house. <laughs> and it, I don't have to dream. I just gotta, you know, endure and live, which is really cool. But for now, I want a house. I want a house of my own. I want a place to live, to have plants everywhere, plants that can thrive. And, you know, when plant when the plants thrive, I thrive. I can still thrive when the plants aren't thriving. Take that take all my analogies with a grain of salt. Take everything I say with a grain of salt. Please. 
since 2017, fall of 2017, okay, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So like the last four years, maybe four to five years, I've wanted to buy a house and it hasn't worked out. I hope it works out soon. That would be cool because I've always wanted to host people, you know, make food for people. I made food for those friends that stopped through and that was a bunch of fun. They slept in my room because, like, it's not we don't have a guest room. But, like, I'd like to have a guest room where guests could stay and, you know, we hang out. You might you might be saying, like, why can't you be content with with where you're at? This is weird. I'm talking about. Do you ever talk about the same things over and over and over? Yeah. Well, I'm talking about like different facets of it. But I would like to live in my own house. Try to be content with where you're at, where you live. Try to focus on, you know, where where do you call home? What makes home special to you? And if you don't have a home, because I know there's people that don't have homes and don't have houses, I'm glad you're alive and hang in there. <laughs> to when I made that gingerbread house. Whew! In 2016, my sister and I made gingerbread houses. It was really cool. I spent, I think, 17 or 18 hours. I remember it like it was last week, not like it was yesterday. Okay, now I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a lot of fun. And that was the beginning of me wanting to, uh, you know, have yearly traditions that, you know, ground you in a way. They, like, emotionally, they provide emotional support. Christmas of 2016, I had made the gingerbread house. 2017, I did not make the gingerbread house because I had just moved. I think 2018, I made another gingerbread house. 2019, I went to a pumpkin patch and bought, I think it was a 64-pound pumpkin. I wanted to make going to a pumpkin patch or, like, an orchard a tradition. And then I made cookies for my coworkers, vegan cookie. They, okay, they were all vegan, and I was super excited. But then my friend Seth, he's like, I don't eat gluten. And then, let's see, that was 2019, I think. 2020, just thrown out of whack. Although Christmas, I did have this giant Christmas gathering. Yes, during COVID, I know. I set the table for six, and I had a bunch of people over. But the thing was, it was like Jesus, Abraham Lincoln, Gandhi, uh, I think Mother Teresa, and, you know, just whoever else wanted to come. And I kind of, like, engaged with them throughout the night a little bit. I, that's something I want to do again. But man, that gingerbread house. That was a great tradition. It was so beautiful. I put my heart into it. And I think that's the lesson, is when you put your heart into something, it turns out beautifully. Even if you don't turn your heart up, put your heart into something, it, it might still turn out beautifully, but it might not. <laughs> the second gingerbread house I made, I didn't put my whole heart into it, and I wasn't super happy with it because I didn't really like the colors. But it was okay because it was different, and you know what? It's okay to be different, because different is awesome. 
Um, if there are people in your life who are different, say hey to them. Uh.